Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Harmony. And we are Lymphatic Care. The Naked Truth. We are going to dive into the lymphatic system, discuss how the system has let clients down due to lack of resources, education, and knowledge on the challenges that affect the lymphatic system. We are looking forward to sharing our stories and our experiences. Hi, Harms. Hi. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I don't see you much anymore. You know when you're away. Yeah, I know. And well, I'm not on the road now, so. Yeah, but you, when you're off, yeah, I know, stop. You're just, <laughs> you're just amazing. Just stop. No, but we, even when you're back in the office, it's like, Harms is back. All's good in the world. Everything's to be <laughs> sorted. I don't have to worry about this. Delegated, all is good. Um, and it's like when you're not, you're only in one day last week and that was noticeable. Yeah, I felt that too. There was so many times where I was like, oh, maybe I should just go on and check my emails and like do a little bit of work. And then I was like, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. They're more than capable. But I I can tell the difference like in just in how much needs to be like submitted and, you know, put in, whereas yeah. it, um, it definitely adds to the plate. Yeah, you definitely need to be there. Definitely. Um, we have a new nurse. I know that's exciting. I know it's really, really good. I'm so excited. Just before Christmas. Oh, we say that now, but this will probably drop around Christmas time or just after Christmas. So, Merry Christmas, everyone! Yeah, <laughs> Happy New Year! Yes, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! Yeah, As we're in twelve we've been. Oh, I know, and I've checked. I don't know what it means, but oh, we've got like I have to have a look at the podcast overview but I don't know I think this is just Spotify this is not all of them but we've had 2,000 plays I don't know if that's good or not well I mean it's better than no plays well yeah Yeah. I'm not sure in relation to like you know what is what is good what is bad but no, we're just so new in this area. It's like, okay, we got some we got some followers, obviously, so we're happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go. We have a client, it was a client that rang us the other day, wanted to go on the books, and she just the first thing she says, I listen to your podcast every time. And I went, Oh, that's nice. That's nice to know that we hear from clients that actually listen to the podcast before. They come and see us. Normally it's like, check us out, and then clients go and have a look, but not prior. Yeah. So it's it's a, actually a, a pleasure hearing that. And, you know, we don't get a lot of feedback when it comes to the podcast. We just, we're just chatting and just swinging it. Well, that's it, and we're just sharing information. I mean, the reality is there's no other pod, or there's not many other podcasts out there that are talking about these um medical conditions and disorders so there is a couple starting out that we had a couple of emails from a uh, couple of lipedema ladies um, okay we were going to share stories but i we just got lost in transit i think and either they got busy or we got busy or we haven't taken that any further so hopefully they this might be a nice reminder that hey we still haven't forgotten you sorry um probably something we might do after christmas and new year but can't believe we're talking about christmas though Ugh. yeah <laughs> Ugh. i told you about luke going to majura right yeah 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 so the people who don't know where majura is it's in um victoria in the 
it's the border of um, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. It's like in that corner out back somewhere and he, he's a pilot. So he he's actually training a lot of students currently from China. Oh, that's and, so cool. And he's loving it down there. He's absolutely loving it. So the kids and Maddie are moving down. I was going to say, they're not down there yet, are they? No, they moved down the first week in December. So I've only got a few weeks with them. And then, I don't know, I'm not going to see them again. It's a bit heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. it'd be probably once a year visit like we used to do when he lived in Northern Territory. But he's loving his job. He's absolutely loving it. And, yeah, he's good. He's doing well. And oh, I, spoke, so I spoke to Matthew the other day too. Oh, how's he going? Good. Good. I actually um, saw him. He actually blessed me with his presence. And it's, as he said, it's a present for being his presence. Yeah. Um, we, I got him over so we can talk about Japan because we're going on that cruise in April. Oh, is he Japan. going on that too? No, but he's already been to Japan. Right. So it's like I want feedback, want to know where to go, which is yeah. one of the best places to go to when, when you're doing the tours on the cruise. I sort of got some information from him, so he was all all good. He was he was just Matthew. He's on um, uni holidays right now, so he's living the dream, catching up, being oh, normal. Gets to have a bit of a rest. Mm. Yeah. Apart from that, anyway, being Christmas at all, so we don't we won't be seeing the kids. I don't know what Christmas is going to look like for us. We'll probably I'll probably just get a bit of seafood and just to have a couple of drinks and say cheers. I was going to say, yeah, it would just be a quiet one for you. Yeah, it would be. What are you doing for Christmas? God knows where you'll be. Uh, yeah, we're going, we're spending Christmas with Dad this year. Cause nice. Because my stepmom is going to England with her to be with one of her kids for Christmas. So we're going to Dad's, he's got a pool. He was going to come here and I was like, are you silly? Like you have a pool in the middle of summer. Why would you come here? Yeah. Well, you. So we're going to go down there and um, and hang out there and then we'll come back for two days, pack the trailer and then go camping. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, it's going to yeah. be hot though when you go camping. Yeah, I know, but it's village. So. Yeah, but is it, is it going to be bloody hot? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a creek where we go camping, so it's like having a pool 24-7. And it wasn't too hot last year, actually. Actually, surprisingly, the last two years that we've gone camping at Christmas, it's bucketed down with rain. Yeah, I remember your last time last week when you said that um, every time you've been the last few times you've been caught in the rain. But let's face it, last, last time you went away, we had a massive downfall of rain. It bucketed here. Yeah. It was, the amount of rain was amazing. We needed it. Well, we got heaps. Um, it rained the whole time. It's rained the whole time, actually, the last two. And I think even at Sandy Creek, it rained a little bit. Yeah. Like, we pretty much just expect it to rain. It's now at the point where if it doesn't rain, it feels weird. Well, you, you're all covered for when you do your trip around Australia now. You've covered all bases and you yeah. Yeah, well, for- the only thing we're not used to is the snow, which is the first place that we're going. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, um, worst case, you just keep driving until you get warmer weather. 
yeah right worst yeah exactly worst case i don't like it and i'm just keep driving <laughs> yeah nothing's stopping you just keep going but yeah. i'm sure the kids will love the snow oh yeah we were talking about it yesterday because they um we've spoken to them a, a few times but they haven't really put two and two together and they were like oh can we can we go to america so we can go to the snow and i said we're going to the snow next year and they said what we're going to america and i said america's not the only place that snows <laughs> so then i had to have that conversation and illy was so excited she's like i can make snow angels and i was like mate we can do snow angels we can ride those like bobsled things we can yeah. ski we can learn how to snowboard all she wants to do is make snow angels and ride the you know the swing chair thing that oh, takes yeah, yeah. up to the top of the hills that's all she wants to do. She just wants to ride one of them and make snow angels. And I was like, mate, you are the cheapest. <laughs> you know what? I've never seen snow. Me neither. Ever. Ever. I'm 54 years old. I've never seen snow. I tried to last year when I was at Stanthorpe, but it wasn't It wasn't um, cold enough for snow. So it's like, yeah, You guys went away in, was it August? No, no, the June. Oh, so you went right in winter. Yeah, it went in June, but it wasn't cold enough. It was bloody cold, but it wasn't cold enough for snow. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, sometimes? Like sometimes we get snow in Toowoomba. Yeah, I know. And it's like close enough that you can just drive. You know, like my friends did that once when they, um, it was a couple of years ago, we had a snowstorm and they literally, everyone just packed their kids up in the car and just drove out to experience snow for the day. One of my friends just parked on the side of the road on the side of the highway and was like, okay, here's my snow. I've played in it done all my things and then she got back in the car and yeah tried. we had a client who did that she just packed the kids up and went to toowoomba to see snow yeah and it was only just to see snow yeah and it's like okay i mean toowoomba is four hours away from where we are i wouldn't be driving four hours for toowoomba to see snow i don't think i'll be driving anyway too far to see snow it's i haven't seen it for 54 years i'm not going to probably see it for the next because i'm going to retire in cairns so it's not going to snow there. The opposite. It's going to snow water. Well, yes. Snow we'll have, but we'll <laughs> have um, cyclones to worry about up there. Yeah, the complete opposite, hey. Mm, yeah. Anyway, guess who I saw today? Who? JP. Remember we had JP on our podcast a little while ago? That's right, we did, yeah. How's he going? He's doing really well. His legs are so amazing. You popped him on the pump. We only see him probably what one every once every six eight weeks, eight weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen him for like I don't know eight months. So it was like seeing family for the first time in ages. So it was lovely. Yeah. But he, yeah, his legs are amazing. He still wears his compression day and night. Oh yeah, he, he's a complete stickler. His legs will always be great because he is compliant. Yeah, he only takes them off to have a shower and when we come and that's it. As soon as, soon as that treatment's done or his shower stocking's back on, Rosemary said it's like um, brushing your teeth every day, garment's got to go on. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, my God, I wish half our clients could be just as compliant as what he is. That'd be amazing. But he's also super active still too. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's saying that um, he's now teaching at university. Oh, wow. And doing all these classes. And it's like, mate, you know, you're supposed to retire, you know, when you're over 65. You should be retiring. He goes, no, no, it gives me something to do. So he, he's doing really, really, really well. Um, his wife, Rosemary, is not doing so well, though. She's pretty sick. And, you know, they were, they were good. 
apart from that, they're all the other clients. So we've got a lot of new people coming on board and um, we start that quick no services getting really busy too with a lot of catheters and stuff. Yeah. So we'll be um, faced with catheters soon and a lot of people. But anyway, I thought maybe we can just recap. Like last week we recapped on lipedema. Maybe we can recap on lymphedema. Maybe you can start us off with lymphedema. Sure. So uh, lymphedema is um, where you've got edema is when you've got an accumulation of fluid and lymphedema is when you have a um, accumulation of fluid due to some sort of blockage or uh, trauma to the nodes. So usually we see people with lymphedema post-surgery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so usually you'll see lymphedema either post-surgical, either during or after someone having an illness or a disease, um, or it can be, you can be born with it too, but it's very, very, very rare. I mean, we've mm. only had one client on the books with paediatric lymphedema. Yeah. And then obviously then you've also got, if you get the nodes removed from surgery or, um, well, that's the only way they can be removed, but, um, yeah, so lymphedema in itself is just an accumulation of fluid essentially. It's usually when you usually get it in your feet um, or your fingertips first because they're the furthest away from the heart. Um, and some people don't even recognise that they've got it until they've got it full-blown. Yeah, um, when it's too late. Yeah, well, I mean, to begin with, you can't even really feel it until mm. like you might feel it in your fingers or your toes, like in your knuckle joints. When you're bending your fingers and stuff, you they'll feel tight. But sometimes you can't actually see it until it's bad and then you've got to start that process it just depends on how where it is how much there is and if you're paying attention yeah it also helps when you've got a doctor that is um proactive as well because you know some doctors aren't so proactive and just let it go because they're of their age so we have we don't have a big age like elder elder clients on the books. We have all types of um, age oh, yeah. groups on our books. Yeah. So the majority of clients that um, do have, not majority, but there's a, um, a percentage of clients that are older go to their doctors and the doctor would say it's just old age, get over it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I forgot about that, that that's even before like when we were doing community. That's yeah. what it was sort of. That's how it was described, hey. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's like you're it, old and your heart stops working as well as it is and you just got swollen legs for the rest yeah. of your life, get over it. And it's true, yes, they do have swollen legs for the rest of life, but we can help them be more comfortable. Exactly. It can still be managed. It can yeah. still, they can still be comfortable. It can still be minimal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just how proactive their doctor is to how proactive, proactive their clients are because... Like JP, when he came to us, he we were his last hope back in the day. It was three years ago when we saw him. Wow. Three years he's been with us. And he is awesome. he doesn't want to jump ship. He just he, he's just, I need you here. Mm-hmm. And you're always there a phone call away. So which is good. That's so good though. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't have any edema whatsoever. He's got knees. He's got ankles. Yeah. Look amazing. Totally. So we have four stages of lymphedema, don't we? Sure do. Well, it depends who you talk to because some of the clients I've been speaking to, their doctors are describing them or 
um, diagnosing them with stages and levels, like yeah. stage one, level two, and that's not how we did our training. So that always confuses me a little bit. But essentially, yes, you've got stage zero, stage one, stage two, stage three. Yeah, there's um, we've just seen a lady today just um sharing. She's a new lady, and she's actually got looks like she's got a lot of lymphedema on the upper legs instead of her lower legs. And it's yeah, just that, yeah. That. She doesn't appear to have, which would make me wonder um, if there's a, like any blockages there. Yeah, I mean, she she's got legs like she's got lipedema, but the shape of them they just look like they're holding a lot of water. It's evident there's water there, and yeah. it's just quite concerning. So I don't know what we're going to do with that lady, especially if it's just upper legs. And she's got um, ulcers as well. So being a bigger lady, say a, a stage four at the top, and she's got nothing at the bottom, you can see that she's had lymphedema in the past because her skin's all discoloured. What? Yeah, she's like got that scarred. Yeah, so it looks scarred and, and discoloured. But, yeah, the top legs, I've not seen that before. So we, we learn something new every day, hey. Yeah, I that actually that's probably one of the things that I do love about this like this line of work is that there are so many different elements that we still haven't even covered in yeah. relation to different like modalities and way of treating it and helping it and how it affects different people. Um, you know, like obviously you've got your stages and that gives you a, a baseline of where you're expecting them to be and then that obviously gives us a bit of a timeline into how quickly we can help. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's just anything medical, really. There's always going to be new information. There's always going to be things that we haven't tried or haven't done or haven't heard about before and that, you know, then obviously we can implement as um, new material comes ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're certainly learning. What did we learn the other day? Um, there was a new technique. I can't remember what it is. Oh, there was the foaming, which has been around forever, but we don't do that. The foam yeah, around yeah. the joints. We we just we've never done that. I don't understand that. Maybe someone who is listening knows more than I do. I, I can't get my head around why would you put a two centimeter foam around a leg and then do compression? How does that work? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about that on and off since we spoke. I'm I'm unsure how. So if someone who's getting this treatment and they use foam. Um, please, you know, educate us because I really love to know what that world looks like um, and how that works for you. Um, I do remember we had a client a long time ago who had foam and I sent you the photos how um, yeah. and she had the foam on with like 20. She said she had 20 bandages for 10 on each leg. So when she'd get into the car, she could barely move her leg. She couldn't bend her leg and found it difficult to get into the car. So surely, surely there must be a better way to do that instead of making it more complicated well, for a client. Yeah, I mean, I just can't, yeah. There's obviously got to be a reason for it. Yeah, but I just can't, I can't get my head around it. I really don't. Apart from protecting the skin integrity, which there's other things, other techniques you can do for that without being so bulky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we're thinking about um, the fibro matting that we use, maybe to have that underneath 
um, the compression garments. But as you said before, when we discussed it, that you'd be concerned about pressure areas by using our fibre matting. So that could be a concern. Yeah, well, only because the fibre matting is a little bit denser than foam. Mm. So it doesn't have that pliability when the compression is on it. Yeah. Yeah, it would just it would be a trial and error situation, I think. I mean, I personally just think you could scrap it all together. Yeah, well, we've never worked with it. We've yeah. never needed to. No, exactly, but that's it. it. I mean, you just don't know. It could be simply because she's got extremely sensitive or fragile skin and it's just adding, it's a precaution. But, again, we've got other ways to deal with that that are a lot thinner. And not as rigid. Mm. Because you wouldn't be able to move. It'd no. be difficult to move. And this lady that we're seeing who has the foam, she was in hospital for four weeks, so it was um, changed every day. And obviously we can't do that every day because we don't do weekends. But that that is full on. I, I Wasted product, really. It is. It is daily. And how does that compression work with a foam that is two centimetres or an inch for the old people that like me? Um, inch thick like I just can't can't get my head around that so maybe we'll learn something out of this conversation maybe someone can enlighten us on this that subject and maybe we'll learn something new but yeah so we've got um lymphedema also um can be a secondary reaction to a heart and kidney issue mm-hmm. um so heart failure and kidney issues when we get clients that who have these diagnoses, we definitely need to be signed up by a GP before we go ahead and get direction by them before we go ahead because it's just something that we don't want to cause any more issues for that particular client and pushing fluid when there's a heart failure or kidney failure is not a good medical thing to happen because it things you can go into cardiac arrest and cause more um, kidney failure, which is not a good thing. So it's a conversation we need to have with the GP before we commence and sometimes that's um that could be interesting and unfortunately sometimes we can't help that person because of that um GP not signing it off so unfortunately we can't help anyone if we can't get signed off by a GP which is probably doesn't happen often though does it we see no I think most of it because we put our setting, like our pump settings on so low, and if not, then we can always do MLD. I think, yeah, we've only maybe had one or two clients who have just got way too many comorbidities. Like mm. it's, I would assume, and we have actually, we may have only had one client and that they had both, they had kidney and heart. Yeah. Um, And so obviously if you've got a double whammy, that's going to make it harder, Um, which is a shame because those are the sort of people that, probably need the relief from ourselves yeah. most. Um, but at the same time, when you understand the complexity of reflux fluid and... Um... That reminds me, of, now, I'm going to name this chap because I don't know if he's with us anymore. He's not on our books anymore. I don't think um, he was quite a unwell man when we saw him. And you're going to love it when I talk about this name. Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he he had lymphedema, but he had lymphedema for because of his heart and kidneys, but he was self-sabotaging himself by taking all these um, vitamins and potassium and calcium and all the things that um, are not good for your heart if you're in heart failure. And he 
kept saying at the time that having our treatments was helping his lymphedema, which it was, but on the same token we were probably causing harm because he was self-sabotaging with his medications. Yeah, but we'd spoken to him heaps about all like And his doctor, yeah. Getting off it or reducing some things and yeah, it's Yeah, uh, like he was taking medication for neuron retention and to stop um incontinence, but on the same token he was having lymphatic drainage done, so we couldn't move the fluid because he was fluid overloaded. And then he was taking all these vitamins to because he's he read on Google that, you know, this stuff is good for him. So all this information we sent back to his doctor say, hey, this is what's going on. The doctor wasn't interested, but I think he ended up going to hospital because he was that unwell because he was self-sabotaging. Wow. And we've never really seen him since, so I'm not quite sure if he's still with us. But, yeah, that's one of the one of our clients who had both heart and kidney failure, but it's also always good if having someone who's not self-sabotaging his own health. And, I mean, he had good intentions, so he, he thought it literally he was taking the medication to help him get better. Yeah. But he was actually doing the opposite, and it didn't matter how many conversations we had with him or with his doctor or with his family. Because he was getting to a stage he was falling all the time because he was so sick. And he'd, mm. I remember there's many a times I'd rock up and he'd have a black eye because he had a fall. And and then, you know, his heart is an issue and then his kidneys was an issue. So there's a, um, a client of ours, and like an old client of ours, who had that kidney and heart failure but definitely needed signing off before we go in to see them. But it's not just going in for lymphedema. We're going for other factors as well. I mean, being nurses, we are mindful of how it all works and the likes of Barry, what to look out for because um, not looking after himself properly, we're able to pick up on things like this and run with it too and have a conversation with his GP, which at the time wasn't helpful. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can only do so much in that um, space. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think anyone else comes to mind who had that. I think he's the only one who's had it, both problems. I can't think off the top of my head. But, yeah, lymphedema is um, an issue, especially with a lot of our clients. You know, then you have, we talked about your, your lymphedema dermatitis and that when that breaks down, it turns into wounds and then we have lymph fluid leaking out of the legs. Yeah. And then it's it's a vicious cycle from then and half the time, by the time we see them, they're at that stage where they're just pooling everywhere and they don't know where else to go. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, that's really sad that they've got to be at that stage and the doctors don't do anything to help them and they, they're at their wits end and they've got leaky legs and, uh, it certainly wouldn't be much of a quality of life if the doctor said, you know, that's it, this is your life now. Yeah. And getting um, to the point that they can't go out anywhere because, and if they do, they have to um, have a towel to put their feet on because they're leaking so badly. I mean, that's not a quality of life really at all. No, that's And that's it. Like that's probably one of like the, it's it's just frustrating for the healthcare system that like people get to that stage because there it is there's no quality of life there and from what we've seen with the clients that that ends up with like they're in complete despair yeah 
Yeah. And and not only that, like especially too if they're having to pay out of pocket, by the time they get to that stage, that's when we have to come in and like really, really push just like hard and fast treatment to reduce yeah. the kind of leaking that they have. Yeah. And then obviously oh. that's this oh, this reminded, this remembered. Remember a chat? Did you remember? Yeah, remember a chat? It was a few weeks ago when we went into the intimacy discussion. Yep. We talked about that 95-year-old being inappropriate. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, was, yeah, that, yeah. was it that um, episode? Or it might have been an early episode we talked about him. Um, he actually found out the other day he passed away. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was just bit of a shock though he's 90 something and yes you know he he was so active though he was so active for a 90 odd year old i think it was 95 and he, say, right it's like you you just didn't expect it it's it's a it shocks you really you don't he's so he's so active and and he's 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 Mind was so on the ball, apart from when he's been inappropriate. But he he was just a cheeky little fella. Yes, I found out the other day that he passed away, which is sad. I just share that with you. Yeah, yeah. So apart from that, let's get back onto lymphedema. What else? Sorry, are we just getting off track here? So lymphedema um, is uh, something that we are. Uh, we recognise a lot in our field. We we certainly see a lot of it um, in mainly in the elderly, but we do see it in the younger generations. Um, the I think the younger generation tend to um, be more active for their lymph lymphatic system. Uh, we see the younger generation for lipedema more than lymphedema. Yeah, well, I suppose it's because their mobility is still up too. Yeah. So yeah. once the mobility decreases and you stop moving, then the lymphatic system isn't activated, which means that obviously then that's when you start to notice that you're pulling fluid. Yeah. Um, and then that's when blockages happen, which means that when you do start moving again, if you've got a blockage there, you're not going to move any fluid anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's certainly an, an eye-opener. Anyway, I don't think there's anything else we can say about lymphedema. We covered it. In the, in the earlier episode, if everyone wants to check it out, I think it was probably episode two. Yeah, it would have been one of the very first ones. But, yeah, I mean, it. management for lymphedema is very similar to lipedema. The only yeah. difference is you can't get rid of it, despite some doctors claiming that you can. Management is the same, compression, diet, control, exercise, and some sort of uh, lymphatic therapy. Yeah. Example, MLD. Yeah. And you know you've got if you want to get on top of it and stay on top of it, you just got to be compliant and put you first and yeah. wear your garments. That's it. You know, don't self sabotage um, because it it's worse when that happens. Speak to your doctor, speak to your therapist, get get some information before you do something silly like taking potassium. Like it's not going to help with your lymphatic system at all it's just going to hinder it and the, that's that's probably the big thing we want to get out of this is look after you and listen to your body and ask for help it's probably a big thing yep i agree with that yeah all right we're going to finish off here okay and 
Um, we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Bye. Gotta go. Hey, we have a website, info.lymphaticare.org, if you want to go and check us out. We also have Facebook and Instagram. There's lots to learn there. If you want to reach out via email, info.lymphaticcare at gmail.com. All those who live in the Brisbane area, give us a call 0410 032 335. Gotta go.